You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Lisa Wysocki, and today I am in Pleasant View, Tennessee. You never know with you. Never know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 17th, episode 3163, brought to you today by the World Equestrian Center. Good morning, horse people. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Well, on today's show, we are going to talk about the efforts to save the baby ranch, the home of Misty of Chickatig. And Sarah LaRoe provides our breed highlight, the Wakalusa. Lisa Waisaki, thank you so much for joining me today. I have heard a rumor that you're like sick or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the show, I think it was April 5th. You were in like Rome or having, you know, some European thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Uh so the next day I get sick with this asthma thing because I have chronic asthma and, and it morphed into double pneumonia. And so I have been on these massive antibiotics and steroids ever since then, which means I'm not sleeping and I'm ravenously eating. So if anybody wants to send me some food, I can I can you make work, use of that. All the steroids are working out all the time, hitting the gym. Oh, doing I know. All the things. Double pneumonia. That, that is that just like a extra pneumonia? It's like <laughs> no, both lungs. Oh, like gotcha. Both lungs, and oh, uh, so I'm funny. I'm doing these coughing exercises every hour to get the gunk up out of my lungs. And, okay, TMI. You know. Um, yeah. however. Thank you for being here. Why are you, you, if you're sick, you don't have to do this. Well, I know, but, but, you know, after you've been sick for a while, Jamie, you know, you get to the point where you've got to do something. Yeah. And I'm, I'm to the point where I I need some intellectual stimulation. Oh, well, you're not going to find it here. (laughs) I know, it's hard. But, um, you know, if I'm sitting and I'm inside, I'm, I'm actually doing okay. Okay, good. Well, yeah. you sound way better than a diagnosis of double pneumonia. So thank you for joining us and thank for you. being here um, and for filling in for Glenn, who I don't even know. I, I think he was at, he sent me, a texted me a picture this morning and it, he was said, I haven't been on one of these in a while. And it was a photo of him. He's leaving the equine affair and it's a photo of him getting on an airplane that I think my truck is bigger than. Like really? he's on the runway, like about to step up like three, uh, three steps into this tiny little airplane. And I would, I, I had to point out that, you know, cause he's always asking me, he's like, we're going to get on a plane. Is your husband going to be our pilot? Uh, no, 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 <laughs> he's not today. Oh, those little <laughs> ones just freak me out. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. It is just terrifying. So, um, good luck, Glenn. Yeah. He said, go ahead and clear your schedule for Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. There you go. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, hopefully terrible. he'll text us that everything was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really worried about him. He'll be fine. What what really concerns me is what is your daily Winnie? So my daily Winnie goes to Arlene Glavis. Uh, she's a dear friend and um, I'm using her internet today. <laughs> I was, you said you're where in Tennessee? I'm in Pleasant View. It's just the next town over from Ashland City where I live. But Jamie, here's the really great news is they have the cable all the way up to the barn and they have these rolls of, of fiber that that's right there. I mean, it's like three feet away and all they have to do is come hook us up. So we're waiting. Okay, so you still don't have it. The, the, no. the wait for fiber continues. Gotcha. The wait for fiber continues, but we are so close. So close. So close. Um, well, I've got one for you. My Daily Winnie today goes out to one of our listeners, Rachel Rosenthal, and the Nevada State Horsemen's Association Region 5. Uh, they posted this. Now, uh, I'm, I'm allowed to talk about this, so I will tell you that Rachel, our auditor and listener of a long time, she's been on the show because her horse is Poppy, and we followed along with her first year of showing. Uh, Rachel was just diagnosed with breast cancer and is being a superstar fighting it and going through all the things that are associated with that. And our heart goes out to you. And she's such a pillar in her horse showing community that the Nevada State Horsemen's Association posted this. Uh, it's a picture of her and her dog and her horse. And it says, this is Rachel, single mom of two beautiful beings, Fable and Poppy. As many of us know, Rachel is about to take a medical journey. The NSHA V5 youth group officers wanted to start a fundraiser. It's called Helping Rachel Care for Those She Cares For, Fable and Poppy. They know she may need some money to help to ask someone to pay for feeding Poppy when she can't get down to the barn. She may need to take Fable to doggy daycare when she has a doctor's appointment, etc. So the youth group is collecting money for her, setting a goal of 2000 to make the first contribution themselves out of their own pockets. And uh, you keep you, that post aside, y'all can also support her. I just so touched that the youth group in her showing organization decided to reach in and help out. Uh, they said, please send any amount to the youth group PayPal account at N S H A V youth at gmail.com. That's the N S H A V youth at gmail.com. They're also having a contribution bucket at horse shows. And I'm just so touched for in, in honor of Rachel and Fable and Poppy. And again, you guys, we followed her journey. Uh, she wanted me when I talked to her today to remind everybody the importance of getting a mammogram. This was detected in just a regular routine mammogram. Uh, so I think, I think she, she noticed something and decided to go in for it. And then they found it. So, uh, she wanted to tell me to encourage everybody, please get your mammograms and, and do all the things. And, um, hopefully you know get ahead of all of this and rachel we're thinking about you and and praying for you and love you and uh give poppy and fable a smooch on the nose for us well lisa wysaki you're here which means um i get to ask you about all the cool things that is going on in your life besides double pneumonia uh bless your heart yep. um so what is going on 
with books and media and all the things that you're involved in? You know, all kinds of cool stuff. So I think the Celebs with Horses podcast right here on the Horse Radio Network is out soon. If not today, it's going to be really, really soon. That's the episode with William Shatner. And then we have some others that are going to be dropping um, after that uh couple weeks later. So that's really exciting. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing the the sixth Cat Enright uh, series and uh, book in the series. And then, of course, you know, in the last one, you may or may not have been a murderer. But in this <laughs> one, which is going to be out later this fall, uh, Scooter may or may not be a murderer. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, we have to um, we have to kind of work through that. I mean, and- if Zeus wasn't I can't, I can't imagine little angel scooter being anything but perfect. So I know, I know. Well, he's, he's got a past in, in this, uh, in this book. So, um, mm, he's it, a little shady. it's very interesting to, to hear kind of where he came from and how he got to Glenn and it's all in the book. So, you know, that's, that's been really fun to write. And I, I get a little weird when I'm writing, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot now, of fun. So. You have spent so much time with this character, Cat Enright. Um, how many years ago did you write the first? You the know, first one in the so this is so crazy, Jamie, because I first started writing uh, this character in 1991, and it took me 17 years to get the book published. Um, and rightly so, because it was crap the first, you know, it really was, you know. And so you rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and, and uh, you know, right place, right time, right version of, of the edit. And there you go. But, uh, now you but said yeah. You get a little crazy when you write. Okay. Now, so, this is something I've always wanted to ask an author. Uh, so if you've spent this much time with that person... Is that person kind of like real to you? Yes. Yes. So, I I mean, I talk to a lot of other fiction authors and it's the same thing. It's like, these are people who like are real to me and they speak in my head and they tell me what to do with the book. Not in general, general, but yeah, but with the book and with the storyline, they tell me where it's going to go. So, um, so yeah, it's wow. it's just you know, and they they're growing and changing. If you start from the first book and you know read their you know their their lives are developing, and I don't even know sometimes until I'm writing it. It's like oh really? So I mean, it's fun. I'm sorry, it is hard enough to take care of me, much less hear somebody else telling me all their stuff. But I mean, that's interesting. Like so, so in certain situations in your day. Is there something that pops in your head? Well, this is what Cat would do. Not really, but but when I'm in the writing process, Jamie. So so I'm writing and I'm thinking, you know, the story needs to go over here, and 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 my characters are like in my head. It's like, no, no, we're <laughs> going to do this over here, and so I'm fighting with them, and it can oh be my. really exhausting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. So so, but it, it's it's really it's fun. It's a creative outlet, and uh, people seem to like like the cat and write books and, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited for this, this next one to come out, um, uh, later in the fall. So gotcha. yeah. Gotcha. And then yeah, celebs with the horses, you're, uh, you, you've got one in the can. I think it comes out today. It's an yes. interview with William Shatner. It's not a typical, um, normal podcast. No. It's not a horses in the morning. You kind of pr- produced it. 
Kind of, yeah. And and we did that. It was Glenn's idea to do it this way. So if you don't like it, blame Glenn. Blame him. Um, yeah, blame <laughs> Glenn. But I like it because um, we're giving the guests the opportunity to tell their story without a lot of interruption. And um, it, it seems to be working that way. And I just so love talking to William Shatner. He, you know, he's in his 90s. He's still, Jamie, he still rides reining horses every single day. And he's in his 90s. Yeah. You know, and he's amazing. So um, anybody who's 90 that can do anything is is just awesome. Yes. However, um, it's physical. Uh, Yes. We've got that one. And again, do you have plans for another one coming up? Yeah, we do. And and so between um, between my illness and uh, equine affair and a bunch of other things, we've had to push off some taping dates. So um, but but now that we've got the the plan down and we've got the flow down once we get um, the recordings done, it's not going to take us as long. Do you think William Shatner is sitting at his computer every morning like, dang it, come on. I, I, he has Where to be. Is I mean, fuck. He has to be because because he just so loved talking about his horses. You know, <laughs> where's this podcast I, I know, did? I know they faked me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So gotcha. Well, cool. I'm excited. It's called Celebs with Horses, and yeah. uh, it comes out hopefully today. So yeah. look for it in your podcast players. Yeah, and if it's not today, it'll be soon. Just keep keep checking. <laughs> keep yeah. checking every day checking. look for it yeah. all right well the world equestrian center is our title sponsor for today and they have many horse events but also non-horse events and they have so many rings and multiple large indoors and conference centers and 10 restaurants but they also have a variety of shows uh, while they're doing the restaurants and the conference i don't know how they keep it all straight they have some good management there uh the shows this week are you ready I'm ready. I love what, reading through like all the different things that they're doing. The Gypsy Live Spring Event Showcase. Ooh. This is a gypsy horse show. That's a lot of hair. That's it's a lot a, of hair. A lot of yeah. hair. Uh, there's a variety of disciplines. English, Western, dressage, liberty, obstacles, carriage driving. It's free, open to spectators. Oh, my God. I want to see the gypsies Me do too. liberty. They're so cute. <laughs> That's awesome. Also, um, Ocala with the Cast and Blast Expo. It's booths dedicated to fishing, boating, camping, and general outdoors things. So it's like an outdoor expo. There's also the great Florida Bigfoot Conference featuring really? an all-star lineup of Bigfoot researchers, investigators, and authors ready to interact with fans and discuss their experience and findings. Okay, so just a little interruption here. I used to live in the Pacific Northwest, and Bigfoot's a real thing. Okay, well, I live in Oklahoma, and they have a Bigfoot, too. Really? So, yeah, they're down in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Bigfoot everywhere. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know who owns Bigfoot, but there must be more than one. Uh, also, and by the way, I wasn't trying to be offensive to the no. fans. No, not at all. It's a thing. Oh. It's a thing, I believe. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, and then Premier Horse Sales presents a professional buying experience showcasing the highest quality of horses for sale from all disciplines and breeds, guaranteeing you'll find your next Premier partner. The event is free to attend. Reserve seats are available online at PremierHorseSales.com. So let me get this straight. This week, there's a gypsy show, a fishing expo, a Bigfoot conference, and an auction of high quality horses 
Where else would you want to be? I mean, where else would you find that? So much variety. If you're in Ocala or driving past, you have to go see the World Equestrian Center. WorldEquestrianCenter.com. It's a must-see. WorldEquestrianCenter.com. Well, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and I think to a lot of the people who are listening. Uh, Saving the BB Ranch, which, uh, as a lot of people know, uh, has to do with Misty of Shinkatigue and and the book that we've all read so many times when we were children and, again, as adults. And and we have Heather Richards with us. And Heather, welcome to Horses in the Morning. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about how you got involved with saving the ranch and why the ranch even needs to be saved. So it was pure serendipity. Honestly, I work in land conservation for a living. That's my day job. That's what funds my own horse habit. And I was looking at our Virginia headlines for what had gone on over the weekend. And I came across a story from a an Eastern Shore newspaper about the need to save the BB Ranch. And I'm like, well, that's something that I might be able to help with. So I gave the folks a call who were working on it. And I went out and I met with them to see if there was anything my organization could do to help them. Um, it's been, it was an incredible chance to go out and visit the property. Um, and it needs saving because the BB family has owned the property for a very long time over the years. Various family members have sold off their pieces of it to development, and this is the last piece of it that's really still there as a farm and has had Misty and all of her progeny living on that property um, for the past 60 years. So this is really the time is now to keep this farm intact and keep that legacy of Misty of Chincoteague and the BB family um, alive and well on Chincoteague Island. Oh, absolutely. And so how much of the farm is left? There's about 10 acres left, um, which on an island the size of Chincoteague is nothing to shake a stick at. Um, that's a, it's a highly developing area. It's very sought after for enjoying the Chesapeake Bay and the, and the Atlantic Ocean. And of course, people love to go and see the ponies. Um, so there's a lot of development for um, summer homes and beach houses and resorts. Uh, so that, you know, this property would, could be easily be developed. And so the family just can't hang on to it any longer after so many years. Yeah, the, the, I think the the current landowners are getting older, and as generational change happens, this is something we see a lot with land conservation. They want to look to how can we preserve this and keep it intact for the for the community in the future, and this seems to be the best option for them. Yeah, and so what would the plans be for for the property? Should you guys be able to save the farm? I mean, is it is it you know, can people come and tour or, or what, what would, what would be the plan? So museum of Chincoteague Island is, is the one that will, is the entity that will be buying the property. Um, their hope is to keep the farm operating with ponies on the farm. You know, they want to keep Misty's progeny, you know, living there so that kids can go from the museum where they've learned about Chincoteague Island and the whole culture there. And then also still visit the farm where there's farm animals, there's ponies, There's still the house that Misty wrote out. The Ash Wednesday storm of 1962 is still there. Um, And they really want to bring that, and they want to bring that farm back to um, being a real working pony farm. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask is how many ponies are on there right now? And um, are they just hanging out or, or do they have a purpose other than just being lovely? They are ambassadors for Chincoteague Island and Chincoteague ponies. Right now, I think there's only three horses on there, three ponies on there right now. Um, 
I don't know how many it could really realistically support, but, you know, three to five ponies and, and ones that are there to be friendly ambassadors, I think, for their breed and for the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how much money actually needs to be raised and um, do you ha- have, have a plan for that? So again, Museum of Chincoteague Island is doing an incredible job. Um, my organization, the Conservation Fund, is here to help them and support them if we need to, but they're doing a bang up job on their own. Um, they need to raise $625,000 by I think sometime in June. And as of last Friday, they were at 317000 They have a donor who is willing to match up to the next $100,000 that's raised. So if they can raise another $100,000, they would be up to uh, $517,000. Wow. And I believe they have a donor that's going to, that has said that if they get over a hundred, I'm sorry, if they get over $500,000, the last donor will contribute the last $125,000. So at this point, all of that complicated math adds up to, they have about $300,000 more that they have to raise, but they have some good commitments and pledges from community members to help them get there. Um, and they really need to find that last 100000 I think, to really put them over the edge and, and secure those matching contributions. That's just absolutely amazing. And, you know, I just think that so many of us, you know, grew up with the story of Misty and whether or not we're, we're true horse people. I mean, it was just such a popular book and popular story that I think this is really important to, to save this legacy and preserve it for future generations. It really is. And it's been talking to Cindy Faith, who's the executive director for the museum. She said it's been so incredibly heartwarming to get letters from all over the world. People who send a check for $15 and say, I'm on a fixed income. This is the most I can do. But I love Misty so much and I want you to be successful in, in saving her home. Um, you know, I'm hearing those stories from my own friends, both my horse friends and my non-horse friends. Uh, it's it's been really it's been really incredible to see the reach, and I think that's been borne out in how successful they've been in their fundraising. Mm-hmm. This is a small Shinkatig is a small community. The Eastern Shore is not a wealthy community either. Um, so you know, typically efforts like this raise two hundred, maybe two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and and they kind of plateau there. They can't get much further than that. But the reach of Misty, I think, has really helped them expand beyond their local community and captured the imagination of people all across the world and all across the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if if I want to contribute something, which I do, where do I go and how do I do that? Best thing to do is go to ShinkateagueMuseum.com and they have a page to save the BB Ranch. They also have a, a GoFundMe page. Um, if you just go to GoFundMe and say it's a Save the BB Ranch Museum of Chincoteague Island, either of those two places, you can make contributions to the effort and it'll go directly to the museum for their for their purchase of the property. I have a question. How does this save it like for the few? Is this going to give it some sort of like historical thing and, and this can't be sold again? What is going to keep it from continuing to have this issue? Well, that's a good question, and I think it's a little bit up in the air right now. At, at least for right now, it, it staves off the possibility that the family would sell it to a developer. The museum has every intention to continue to operate the, the farm as a farm, to keep the house there and really keep the character of it. Getting it designated as a historic structure or, or a historic place 
may or may not help in the future, but I know that the, the museum has talked about putting the uh, conservation easement on the property that would ensure that it remains more or less the way it is now. I think those are those are decisions they're going to have to cross once they can actually purchase the property and figure out how to you know how to do that, how to manage it. Um, but they really have a, a significant interest in doing this, and and they're being well supported by the community, by the town, by the county. Um, to make sure that this stays the way that they say it's going to stay. Yeah, and I'd imagine, too, that they would have to have, have funds moving forward to maintain the horses and the property and, and all of that. Um, just, you know, yeah, and yeah, and they're, yeah, and they're, they're working on that. So working on efforts to clean up the property. Um, you know, the Phragmites and, and sea level rise, honestly, are, are big challenges for all of coastal Virginia. Um, Chincoteague Island is is no stranger to that. And so they're dealing with some invasive species, invasive plant issues um, that they want to try to clear up on the property and open up more of the property back to pasture. Um, so they're looking at all of the ways that they can tap into funding that's available to to address those challenges as well. Well, and I like but the I, first step is securing the property. <laughs> absolutely. Get the property absolutely. And I like the idea that, you know, you could send in $5 or $10 or $15 and really make a difference here um, because this is this is a heritage thing. And, and I, I don't know, it just means a lot to me um, that, that this this could be saved and, and future generations could go visit this amazing place. Yeah. Who hasn't who didn't read the music? Who didn't read Misty Oshinkatig and say? Gosh, I identify with those kids. I always wanted a pony of my own. I didn't yeah. grow up in a horsey family. I did not grow up with horses in my backyard. I catch rode. I worked at a barn. I was your typical barn rat. And, you know, so I think a lot of people can identify with, with the BB children and they can mm-hmm. identify with the story and Misty. And I think that's why it's resonated so much with so many people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell us again the, the website for people to go to. So they can go to com, and there are links there to make donations directly to the museum, or you can go to their GoFundMe page for Save the BB Ranch. Well, Heather, thank you so much for sharing this really important information with us and, um, uh, you know, letting everybody know about it and, and fingers crossed that they'll make their deadline. Sounds like they've got a, a good chance, but, you know, if we all just, help out just a little bit, I think, I think they'll get there. Yeah. I think if everybody pitches in just a little bit more, we're going to get them over the hump. They're doing a tremendous job. And I think this has just been a a super project and I'm excited to see them succeed. Everybody let's save the BB branch. Let's go do it. Level up your horse's performance this season with choices from Purina Animal Nutrition, from Purina Ultium Competition Formula to Purina Impact Pro Performance and everything in between. Purina has the right option for your horse, including supplements like Purina Super Sport Amino Acid Supplement, Purina Amplify High Fat Supplement, and Purina Outlast Gastric Support Supplement. There are many choices for optimal nutrition when you choose Purina and they are all backed by science. Level up your performance this season. Put Purina's research to the test. Ask for Purina at your local feed retailer today. Well, I would like to welcome Sarah, and is it LaRoe to the show today? It is LaRoe, yes. Man, nailed it. Hashtag nailed it. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about your horse, and it's the Wakalusa. What the heck is a Wakalusa? 
That's a really great question, Jamie. Um, so a Wakaloosa is a cross between an Appaloosa and a Tennessee walking horse. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, first of all, hello, thank you for coming on. And Ed, where in the world are you? So I, um, I live in Southern Vermont. Um, and it's, uh, it, pretty cold and, and pretty hilly here. <laughs> if you need a couple of descriptions. But. Yeah. <laughs> so what, so it's cold, it's hilly. Now I have experience with the Wakaloosas and that was when I lived in Kentucky and we would go trail okay. ride in Tennessee. And the experience that I had looking at the Wakaloosas is I was on a thoroughbred and I looked forward and all I saw was the Wakaloosas butt as they motored way out in the front and we never saw them again till the end of the day. <laughs> so that, I think that that tendency walking influence probably really helps that. So Wakaloosas are your thing. And tell us how did I don't know how much breed history you have about it, but I would love to know anything, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know too much about the specific cross, but I do know that, um, Appaloosas, um, I'm, I'm kind of have a background in endurance and competitive trail riding and, um, Appaloosas are really well known for having good stamina and endurance, um, cause they were bred through the native Americans. Um, and that's kind of where that, that side of the cross comes from. Um, as for the walking horses, I actually never really had any experience with any sort of gated type horses um, until I purchased whiskey. And um, I have to say, I will never go without a gated horse again. <laughs> um, he is so smooth. And um, even when I have him just doing, you know, traditional gates, walk, trot, canter, um, he's the smoothest horse I own. And, um, I've, I've always said, I, I will never go without another walking horse or a walking cross. Um, now our co-host Lisa is an Appaloosa, you know, expert in that world. And so I, my question is because, because Appaloosas don't gate, uh, then you've got the walk, a walking horse that does gate. Do you get some that are born without the gate or do you teach it? How, how does that work? Yeah. Um, so whiskey actually came from a, a breeder in Virginia and, um, she bred the, the Wakaloosas. Um, she called them tiger horses, um, which I think is a whole nother topic, but, um, essentially they are a Wakaloosa. Um, and you are correct. Some, some were born gated and some were not. So I think that has to do with genetics and how it plays out in the specific breeding, um, between the mare and the stallion. Um, and I'm not sure she bred specifically for gate. She was more for color, but, um, some were gated and some were not. And so this is just a really fun fact. Um, you know, the, the foundation Appaloosas had what the Nez Perce Indians bred into them called an Indian shuffle type of walk. And it's not a gated walk, but some of the foundation Appaloosas still have like a very loose jointed walk. And so I think this is the perfect cross for that because, you know, it, they, the Appaloosas, Lusa tends to have a, a little different walk than some of the other breeds anyway. So I'm, I'm just finding this fascinating. Sorry, I had to jump in. Lisa, have you no, ever been around really a, a Wakalusa? 
I have. I have. I love the, the walking horse breed because they are just so sensible and just, just really good companions. Of course, I showed Appaloosas for decades and, and loved that and love the breed. Um, I think it's it's a great cross. And and I think, I don't know, but I think um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a walking horse to be a Wakaloosa. I think any kind of ambling gait or gated horse crossed with an Appaloosa, I think. But, Gosh, but you know what? Sarah, we're just going to sit here and ask her questions. No, <laughs> that's okay. You may be, you may be right. My, my kind of forte is um, it's more in the sport world, the endurance and, and um, um, competitive trail, like I had mentioned before, but um, you know, whiskey has certainly excelled um, in that, that sport um, and those distance type events. Um, so the breed itself um I've learned a lot about through him, but I am certainly no pro. <laughs> so, well, was he your first gated type horse? And if so, what made you choose him? Um, yeah, so he was my first gated type horse. Um, it, it's a little bit of a, an interesting backstory and I'll try to abbreviate it, but, um, we were, my husband and I were living in Virginia at the time and, um, we had seen this ad for, um, the, the breeder's quote unquote tiger horses. Um, and, um, she had a picture of whiskey in the ad and I said, Oh my gosh, that he's just so cute. And, um, <laughs> so I had to go see him and we didn't end up purchasing him that day, but we moved back to Vermont a year later and I, um, was still thinking about him. So I reached out and he was still available. Um, so he, he came back to Vermont and, um, he was the easiest horse I've ever started. And he just took to distance and trails like it was his second nature. And the rest is kind of history. Wow. So, Lisa, in your experience, are the Appaloosas fairly easy to start or are they more challenging and the, the walking horse is, is, is the easier part? Oh, I think both breeds are, are really easy. I, I think they're both people type horses, and um, which is another reason for a good cross because you're you're you know, you're marrying two horses that are, are really easy anyway. So, uh, really friendly and, and eager to please. So I think, I think it's a great cross and I agree on the, you know, the, the smoothness and the walking horse being in Tennessee, of course, you know, that's our state horse. Um, and I hadn't had a lot of experience with the walking horse until I moved here, but, um, I think it's, it's, uh, you know, they're just great horses and I think it's a great cross. So when you, Sarah, when you first started, you went to try him. I mean, so I've sat on a walking horse before and I giggled the entire time because I thought it was hilarious. I've ridden thoroughbreds my whole life and I was like, this is crazy. Was it like that with you or where you do? What made you go? Yes, I'm going to switch my entire life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, when I started him, cause I, I actually started him myself, but I do have to say when I started him and he, he began gating because we weren't entirely sure he was gated until, um, he started being trained. Um, I have to say, I thought he was broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, um, it took me, uh, I remember there being a specific week or two where, I was looking him over and making sure there was no like injuries or heat anywhere. Or I was just like, there's something wrong with my horse. Why? Just because um, it felt weird when you were on him? It, yes. And, um, and he wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily 
bad or anything. But then I kind of started putting two and two together and, and, you know, reminding myself he's this, this gated cross. And I started um, researching the different gates a little bit more. And I was like, Oh, like (laughs) this is, this is him being normal. (laughs) Um, So, and it, it just kind of, it was a learning experience for me, but such a great thing to, to, you know, kind of get into. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, so the people that I, in my experience have ridden the gated horses, they never go back. I mean, it's like, once you go, it's once you go gated, you never go back. Do you think that that's going to be your experience too? I, I think so. And, and I, I'll just, um, clarify a little bit. I am actually a Morgan person and I love my Morgans. Um, but they are very, um, up and down. Um, they have a lot of action. And like I said before, I, I will never not own a gated horse because whiskey is the horse that I take out when I just want a relaxing ride. I don't want to think about anything, Um, you know, I need to shut my mind off for the day and he gives me, he doesn't make me work a ton physically. Um, he gives me that mental break and that's part of his personality too, but, um, I will never not own a gated horse. Um, he's just, he's just done it for me. How cool. Well, we're excited. Are you, do you have anything coming up with him or is he just simply your kind of fun trail riding horse with all the Virginia girls that trail ride or uh, or sorry, Vermont girls that trail ride, or is he like something that you're actually going to enter into some competitions? Yeah, actually. Um, so whiskey, um, has done very, very well under my, my good friend. Um, her name is Maddie and, um, whiskey is actually quite small in stature. He's only about 14, one and Maddie's very slight. And, um, she has taken him to some very incredible um, limits, I'd say. She won the Ektra um, Rookie Award on him back in 2019, and um, she's done very well with him. Actually, last, so this past Saturday uh, was his first competitive trail ride of the season, and um, in true whiskey fashion, he placed first. So, um, wow, yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah, we're hoping to take him out to Minnesota this fall if all goes well. And of course, you know, Knockwood um, for the AHA, which is the Arabian Horse Association Distance Nationals, but the Appaloosa Horse Association, which he is registered through, um, has a specific event, um, which is a 40 mile competitive trail ride. And we're hoping to prepare him for that this year. That's awesome. Well, we wish you and whiskey the best of luck. Give him a smooch on the nose from us and, uh, please send us some, some pictures or uh, actually where can people go to see whiskey? Uh, do you have a Facebook page that you can link to Instagram or something? You know, I don't, but I'd be happy to email you some photographs of him. All right. We need to post those because I've got to see him. For some reason, I was expecting this giant thing. And you said he's 14 one. I'm like, oh, no, I have to see him. (laughs) He's pretty awesome. (laughs) All right, Sarah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and talking about the Wakalusa. Who knew we would have like an Appaloosa expert on the show at the same time as the interviews is perfect. So uh, thank you guys both for contributing. And uh, we will look forward to seeing some pictures of him, Sarah. Awesome. Sounds great. It's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems. This ought to be good. 
Well, yes, it is time for the sad tales of woe that our listeners have to put up with in the segment we call Equestrian First World Problems. Now, if you want to participate in this, you have to become an auditor, uh, which you just go to horseradionetwork.com. And I don't know, there's some button on there you click or something. I don't know. I never listen to Glenn when he says it, but uh, that's how you become an auditor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> auditor and then uh, yeah you you can join the facebook page and and get involved all right so the first one here is very sad chantelle girl you got to figure this out i had to go to my in-laws on a beautiful sunny sunday instead of going to the barn girl you just tell them to wait Okay. I mean, I do it, but you know what? My in-laws live like a mile away and my horses are at my house. So maybe, I don't know. It's just, you do you girl. (laughs) Diane Diane says, I finally have enough money for a new horse trailer, but finding one at a good price and a reasonable distance is melting my brain. Yeah. That's like an impossible thing. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, This is so sad, Nicole. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I got a deep tissue massage on Friday, but then I was sore from it all day Saturday when I was trail riding. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the most tragic thing ever. so sad. You know what? At least you're going to feel way better on Sunday. Uh, Kayla says this saddle I had on trial fit my hard to fit horse perfectly, but it didn't fit me at all. (laughs) Wow. How many times has that happened? Oh my God. I was trying on the saddle and, and it was like this saddle fit. It was like, let's just bring out the big guns. And it was for Zeus. Who's a Mustang. And this saddle right. was like four grand. And oh. I was like, please don't fit him. Please don't fit him. Please don't fit him. Right. And it did. <laughs> it, it fit me perfect, but it did not fit him. And I was like, oh, sweet. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, Lindsay says I am horseless and I have horsey friends. And they invited me to hang out last night. But I was too tired to go because I'm old. (laughs) Oh, 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 no. I feel your pain. Rachel says, my baby horse was almost level for like three weeks. And then I looked at her again this weekend and now her butt's an inch taller. (laughs) Rachel's horse is... Bless her. She we've it's Poppy. We've kind of followed along with her career and she has been with her high, but high, but more high, but really high. Oh, starting well, to get level, but high. <laughs> hopefully she'll catch up the front end. No, the front end evens up. I remember yeah. I had a thoroughbred here and, and he was so butt high and his canter was so tough. And Monty said, well, he'll grow. And I'm like, Monty, he's seven. He's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You're screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Summer says my barn cat keeps sitting in my lap for like snuggles. And then I'm forced to pet the purring kitty instead of doing any mountain of work and chores that I have to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem. The what Janelle says the weather is finally beautiful enough to ride, which gives me spring fever in the worst way. But I'm stuck at work, so I can pay for my stupid horse. <laughs> oh. oh, Tara says we did a photo shoot last evening with my horse and my dog, and it was so fun and so amazing. And the photos are going to be awesome. But I'm so sore and tired today from riding around in a ball gown on my Saint of an OTTB. Okay. I'm going to need to see these pictures. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a ball gown on a horse. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. I'm so excited. Adrian says, I deep cleaned my feed box last night and it looks so gorgeous. Only we would think feed boxes look gorgeous. It looks so gorgeous. But 
<clears throat> I'd originally gone in to soak my bee pulp for this morning, which I forgot about because I was cleaning the feed box and I didn't remember until I woke up panicking, remembering at 4 a.m. <laughs> That's the oh. stuff that wakes me up at 4 a.m. too. Yes. Sisters. Yes. Hold on, parakeets are fighting. Um, Kelly says, my vet has finally given my horse a clear to start rehab training after a year of layup and complications. But that means now I have to work and think of training plans. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah, your horse is back. By the way, that I think I know that horse she's talking about, and it's like my dream horse. So oh. if you need some help, you just send them to me. Uh, Charlotte, go. Charlotte. Oh, blessed Charlotte. She says, I have to pack. The Wellington season is ending. <laughs> Another tragedy. I mean, so yeah. sad. I These know. People. Yeah. Um, I love this one from Faye. I feel you, girl. I am a horse girl and I should not have to do housework. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we're all there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, Gwen says, I took my horse banjo to a show this weekend and he did amazing. But now the problem is that he's like braver than me. <laughs> Oh, I, I always had a really good lower leg when jumping and I would go to clinics and this is why I don't like to do clinics because I would tell the clinician, listen, my lower leg makes me look braver than I am. Okay. Just because I have a good lower leg doesn't mean I want to go jump all the things. There you <laughs> so, go. Just cause I can doesn't mean I want to. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to do that. I'm not as brave as my horse. Jillian says, my favorite horse just got withdrawn from Land Rover to go to England. Oh, no. Lauren Nicholson and Bug. She says, screw Europe. I wanted to see him. <laughs> um, and then finally, oh, this is sad. And let's see, Lisa, I think you and I can make the drive. Tiffany says, I have two tickets to Land Rover. And I can't find a local horsey friend that can go with me. Oh, my hand is up. Road trip. Uh, raise my hand. Yep. Let's Road go. trip. Road trip. All right. Those are your question. First world problems. Like I said, if you want to participate, become an auditor. I would just want to take a moment of silence for all the sad tales of woe that all of you had to share today. That's it. That's all you get. Uh, so Lisa, thank you so much for co-hosting with me. I really appreciate it. And um, go back to bed, double pneumonia girl. Yeah, I will. Oh, well. good, good to be up and around for a little bit though exactly thanks to george for producing even though he keeps cutting when the parakeets keep making noises and i tell him leave it in stop it i like the parakeets because it makes people complain all right everybody have a great day spay neuter and yell